This is Andrew Schultz. I'm the sales manager for CHS Ag Services. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan along with Sierra Doctor and Whitney Pittman. Well, it may be hard to believe that today is the official first day of winter and the cold temperatures across the nation are certainly serving as a tough reminder. Brad Hopkins with the National Weather Service in Grand Forks says cold temperatures will remain the rest of the work week. We're seeing some light snow this afternoon. Uh, in the Southern Valley, we're expecting two to four inches, maybe isolated spots where there's five with this little system coming through. Other than that, it's still going to remain cold. We're only looking at a high of minus seven today. And lows will still be in the minus 10 to 15 range. We will see a little bit of a warm up tomorrow into Friday, but then looking into the weekend, right before Christmas, uh, low temperatures will still be around uh, 15 to 20 below. Hopkins says we should see a reprieve from the cold temperatures next week. We will see on Friday some areas of blowing snow with some winds picking up in the wake of the system. But then for the weekend, things will settle down. And we should actually start to see a bit of a warming trend uh, going into Monday into midweek. The Surface Transportation Board has adopted two rules to streamline rate disputes between railroads and shippers. One rule establishes a voluntary arbitration program. The other rule offers a new procedure to resolve small rate disputes. The Association of American Railroads says the STB issued a fatally flawed rule that ignores sound economic principles. U.S. Wheat Associates Transportation Working Group Chairman Charlie Vogel who also leads Minnesota Wheat, says these rulings are an indication that rail customers are being heard. Wolford, North Dakota farmer Chris Brozart was elected chairman of the Soy Transportation Coalition at the organization's annual meeting in Savannah, Georgia last week. Brozart says he's excited to lead the organization and get to work on transportation issues. It's just an honor to be uh, elected to a position like that, to serve you know all the producers across the nation. Uh, there's a lot of issues going on around the nation uh, from railroad to uh, low Mississippi uh, river levels, um, everything in, in between. But uh, we all know transportation is very, very, very important, and uh, uh, always looking at uh, new ways that uh, you know we can we can help out uh, on that avenue to move move products across the nation. Uh, you know, um, especially soybean. Brosart, who also serves as chairman of the North Dakota Soybean Council, says the big topics of discussion right now are rail, Mississippi River levels, and dealing with the additional product as new crush facilities come online in North Dakota. Rail has kind of been front and center for us, especially here in the Midwest. Uh, the, other one, the other big one is, no, we don't see it as much around here, but the Mississippi River uh, levels have dropped lower with the rainfall that they've had and those kind of things. And it's one foot level of a drop in the river. Uh, it's about 5,000 bushels less that they can load on a barge. So that, that definitely affects what they can haul, what they can ship, um, and, and where, where they're moving their goods to as well. One of the things I think that uh, in the Midwest here uh, will be interesting uh, come, come future is uh, we all know we we're having some crushing plants come online in North Dakota. Will we see a big shift in uh, transportation of soy meal and, and, uh, and by rail? The deadline for North Dakota Soybean Council nominations is Friday. North Dakota Soybean Council Executive Director Stephanie Sinner says there's four districts with boards of director positions open. Right now we are conducting elections for uh, 
the North Dakota Soybean Council, and so we have four districts that are seeking nominees, uh, soybean producers who are willing to uh, be nominated or nominate themselves to run as a county representative. And so that's the first uh, first step in the process. And then once elected as a county representative, those folks come together and select one county representative from the district to sit on the Soybean Council Board of Directors. And Senator says positions are open in county offices and on the Board of Directors. We invite our county reps to participate at the Northern Corn and Soybean Expo every year in February. Uh, they participate in helping set research priorities and lots of different opportunities. We do a couple calls with our county reps throughout the year to do market outlook updates or harvest updates. The council board members who serve on the board is a three-year term, and you can serve two consecutive three-year terms. And the role there is really about helping make those decisions on how the checkoff dollars are invested. So research, communication, market development, uh, biodiesel, biofuels, livestock expansion. The soybean market has struggled to break out of its recent trading range. Van On Company market analyst Christy Van On says once again, soybeans are trying to push through a key resistance level. This has been, um, for the last two weeks or so, a level we can't really get through. And then you, this is a level that we couldn't get through twice in September, actually four times in September, another time in August, another time in July. Um, the very beginning of July, we couldn't get through it either. And so when we look at a chart and look at these levels, if we can get above these levels, and so I mean, that's a big deal, but until we can kind of get above those levels, I'm going to be a little bit cautious when it looks at the soybean market. Van On says this week's thin trade could lead to extreme volatility. But really, we saw the writing on the wall here last week into this week. It's been quiet, and it hasn't had a whole lot of movement. And so anytime you have that thin trade, you could have some wild trade. But honestly, I do think that traders kind of took off early. We do have Monday off. Um, that's when they're going to allow uh, the the markets to be closed for Christmas. And so next week will be a shorter week. But even though we're full this week, it doesn't feel like it. Bases bids at the six grain elevators followed by the Red River Farm Network remain mostly unchanged from last week. Spring wheat bids range from par to 65 cents under the March Minneapolis futures contract. Basis bids at Eulen and Warren, Minnesota improved by 10 cents while the rest of the bids remained unchanged. A Eulen spring wheat bid is now par with the March, and Warren is a nickel under the March Minneapolis contract. Corn basis bids range from 15 to 30 cents under the March futures contract. Soybean basis bids range from 2 cents over to 40 cents under the January futures contract. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Grains are finding some support today. Bauer trading market analyst Ben Cash thinks technical buying is a major factor. We've been pretty uh, subdued lately on, on the price. Uh, we've really seen a lot of pressure, selling pressure um, into closes when we've been up. That could once again happen today. Um, there just really hasn't been that much bullish news to to take away from uh, to really you know push the extended rally here. Demand. Export news has been, you know, pretty tepid as late, particularly for corn and um, and wheat. Lower dollar value also helping out. This dollar uh, finally retreating to some of the lowest levels uh, here in a few months. So 
that's making us a little more competitive. You know, our price has stabilized a little bit, so you do have some end users that have been waiting on the sideline for lower prices. Well, we've kind of been in a sideways range, so they are having to come in here uh, and make some purchases, you know, as they need it for the nearby delivery. NDSU Extension Livestock Marketing Economist Tim Petrie says the combination of weather and the holiday season is slowing down packer inquiry into feeder sales. Weather is always affecting us, particularly this time of the year. Uh, last week with the storm and so on, the auctions were closed, and now we're into the Christmas, New Year holiday, so not a lot of action going on. But we ended the year uh, kind of on a high note. The calf prices increased kind of throughout the year, or average $30 higher, and so we had a million less to sell this year, and that was supportive to prices. And, you know, they're always affected by those distant fed cattle futures when they will finish here uh, next summer and you know those fed cattle prices have sparked too and are up there in the 155 to 160. Petrie says the movement of cull in the southern plains pushed back a higher fed cattle rally. One of the things that's holding us back of course is the drought and so we moved a lot of cattle early in that market uh, that's affected us and Next year, fed cattle prices are likely to to reach record highs. We're back down cattle prices back to 2015 levels, but 2014 was our all-time highs. And, you know, it looks like fed cattle are going to be record high next year, and, and the futures now are, are saying that. But comparing us to 2014, uh, corn prices averaged $4 then, and they're going to average $7 for this year so. You know, change corn 10 cents a bushel, change calf prices a buck in the opposite direction. The USDA released their projections for meat production in 2023 with most categories holding steady. World Ag Outlook Board Chair Mark Jekinowski breaks down each category. Beef production up 70 million pounds in 2022, but no change in 2023. Pork production down 60 million based on lighter carcass weights uh, again, but no change in 2023. Broiler production up a bit based on, again, slaughter pace and heavier weights. We expect to carry into 2023, where we raised the production forecast by about 100 million pounds following the 120 million pound increase for the current calendar year. Jekinowski says Turkey saw the largest adjustment. Turkey production up a little bit in 2022, but down a little bit in 2023, so down about 30 million pounds next year, mainly based on reduced production early in the year, reflecting recent cases of HPAI that would have resulted in some depopulations. So that is expected to be a short-term phenomenon as of right now. USDA warning against rising HPAI cases in recent weeks. South Dakota has seen an influx of positive, highly pathogenic avian influenza cases in recent weeks, including a commercial turkey operation in Hanson County that affected nearly 24,000 turkeys and a commercial egg layer in Moody County where over a million birds, a million 300 birds were depopulated. Besides a handful of backyard flocks, Minnesota tested positive last week in Wadena at a commercial turkey operation of nearly 300,000 birds. While reports that inflation is slowing down on food prices in the grocery store, eggs remain at record highs. USDA economist Megan Sweetser says highly pathogenic avian influenza is to blame. Eggs in particular have still shown quite a bit of growth. Egg prices are up 49.1% 
from November 2021 to November 2022. And so eggs are still feeling the impact of the highly pathogenic avian influenza. Retail prices for eggs rose another 2.3% in the last month. Reporting agriculture's business, this is the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Cargill is finishing up the second year of their farm-facing carbon program. Cargill Sustainability Program lead Clay Edwards says Minnesota is one of the top states enrolled in the carbon program. I think the key learning is, is a lot of farmers are aware of like carbon programs, but I also think there's a lot of like myths of like, hey, they're, they're not for me, I won't qualify. Really what we're finding out is every farmer we meet with, they have opportunity. And so I say, unless you've had somebody sit with you on the tailgate of your truck or sit with you at your kitchen table and explain to you and show you how you can participate, don't rule yourself out. Edwards says educating local grain buyers has helped them teach farmers more about carbon credits. So with our growing demand, obviously we're training up all like all the local grain buyers are well versed in this program. But but on top of that, we've added a dedicated sustainability team too. So at the end of the day, agriculture is a small business. We know people want to deal with people. And so you're going to have a personal connection with your representative to help you understand, is this program the right fit for me or, or not? And, and through that benefit, we would like to say that uh, we have an online portal where we are the industry leading to where within the matter of minutes, you can go to our website, throw a field in, and see what your potential carbon payment could be on your farm. And then you can make the choice of if it's a fit for you or not. Checking markets before we leave you this noon hour. Uh, March wheat, Minneapolis, eight and a quarter cents higher, nine twenty-four and a quarter. May is up six and a half. Chicago March wheat's fifteen and a half higher at seven sixty-six. Kansas City thirteen and a quarter higher, eight fifty-nine and three quarters. March corn nine and a half higher at six sixty-one and a half. July eight and a half higher at six fifty-four and three quarters. January soybeans two and three quarter cents higher at fourteen eighty-one and a quarter. March is up five cents at fourteen eighty-four and three quarters. In Winnipeg, January canola, 440 a metric ton higher at 863 even. Uh, December live cattle, 95 higher. February live cattle up $2.15 at 157.70. January feeder cattle, 20 cents higher, 183.82. March is up 55 cents. February lean hogs are $3.95 higher at 88.20. April lean hogs, $2.82 higher. Dow Jones Industrial Average currently trading 509 points higher, 33,359. Thanks for joining us. Have a great afternoon. This is the Red River Farm Network.